0: Hello, Consumed friend. I have a special little snack for you. It's a mini episode with my intern, Cal Poly University student, Sophia Patterson. She'll be sharing a series of three episodes on Consumed this fall, and I couldn't be happier to open the airwaves. Sophia embodies many of a journalist's best qualities, but my favorite is her curiosity. She follows the subjects that genuinely interest her, and that is so great to have on the podcast. I think you'll enjoy what she has to say. Without further ado, here's Consumed with Sophia Patterson.
1: Hi, I'm Sophia Patterson, a fourth-year journalism student at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and at Consumed, I'm an intern under Jamie Lewis. I'm combining my love for multimedia production with the world of food journalism and the vibrant culinary scene here on the Central Coast. So this is Consumed with me, Sophia Patterson. Welcome and thank you for listening. In a small town like San Luis Obispo, signature cocktail menus are not as prevalent as they are in a bigger city like Los Angeles or New York. Sidecar has taken on this responsibility in slow, building itself a reputation as the go-to cocktail bar in town, curating good drinks, good food, and good times. Walking at the restaurant on Broad Street, customers have the choice to dine or sip on the top level in their main area or follow the staircase leading to the downstairs bar and basement lounge. Josh Christensen and his brother have owned Sidecar Cocktail Company since 2013. The two have built a booming business known for their cocktail menus and are now taking on broader explorations with a Chinese-style food menu and the inclusion of Weekly Jazz. I was able to talk to Josh and hear more from him about the cocktails, dumplings, and jazz at Sidecar. Your food menu wasn't always Chinese takeout. What was that push? What made that happen?
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is a question that we're getting a lot right now. We switched over about two months ago and it had been a conversation that we'd been having for a couple months. Billy, who runs our kitchen, he's from the East Coast. He's from outside of Philly in the philly jersey kind of area and growing up he he would go out with his buddies into the city whether it was philly or they'd go to new york city and you know they'd bar hop and they'd have their weekend nights out or whatever and they'd always come out of a bar and get like late night chinese food it's it's i think a, a lot more prevalent back on the east coast especially in the cities and he just had this super nostalgic kind of you know feeling there are a couple places in town that do chinese but it's not as prevalent and we just felt like man we we've been trying for years to you know push the restaurant and for the first several years that that we were in existence the emphasis for me completely was on the bar program we didn't reinvent the wheel or anything but when i came back to town i'd, I'd moved back from austin texas where i ran a bunch of kind of high profile bars and i i just felt like the cocktail offerings in town weren't quite what I'd been used to. I just felt like man there's an opportunity to actually, actually like fill a bit of a vacuum here and it was something I was really passionate about so we pushed the cocktail program really really hard which which has been great and now that that's kind of you know that's that's our niche that's what we're known for is is the cocktail program but over the last couple of years we've been like, wait we have food too I think we had kind of cemented so much like this image of a cocktail, place that a lot of times people come in, they'd get a drink and then they go somewhere else for dinner and they might come back for a nightcap. We are like, man, we, we've got to do something to incentivize people to actually, you know, eat. And so as Billy kind of started talking more and more about really wanting to do this Chinese idea, he was like, dude, and it's great food to pair with drinks. Like it's just, it works with everything. You don't have to have like a Chinese themed cocktail menu to do really well with this kind of food. And it's just, it's comforting, it's salty, it's spicy, it's easy to share. So as he kinda continued to push for that a little bit, we were like, man, that, yeah.
1: You were saying that Billy was telling you that Chinese food goes with all of these drinks and you don't really have to curate a Chinese style cocktail menu. What's the process of making your cocktail menus?
0: So for the first, shoot, I would probably say up until about 2018, So 2013 to 2018, the first five years or so, I wrote pretty much every cocktail that appeared on a menu. I I just, I just love that stuff. I don't think I'm a control freak, but I definitely like to have my hand on things. And for the first five years, I safeguarded that process quite a bit. One of the things we've always been committed to is, is educating our staff about what we do and about spirits, about the history of cocktails, about technique, all, all, all those things that I mentioned. And over the years, as we committed to doing weekly education meetings, it became very evident that my staff was not only catching up to me in terms of their knowledge and their passion, a couple of them I think have have definitely surpassed me in terms of their overall knowledge about various things cocktail related. As that became evident to me that the staff had was was really embracing this and really, really wanted to throw themselves into it. I started kind of loosening up the grip I had on the cocktail menu a little bit. And we started having more contributions from the staff Then, in, in 2018 and late 2018, that's when Danielle took over the bar and Danielle's extraordinarily talented and she has a phenomenal palate and she's been exposed to a bunch of things. She ran some really good cocktail programs up in uh, San Francisco before her family moved down to the area. And she really kind of took the reins and bartenders promote this. This idea of a bartender roulette is what we call it. So if a guest comes in and they're kind of like, I don't really know what I want, you know, we'll encourage them. We'll say, tell you what, tell us a couple things you like, or even better, tell us a couple things you really don't like, and we'll let it rip. Several of our very popular cocktails over the years have been created that way by like a bartender kind of having a conversation with a guest riffing back and forth and then putting some together they've got a notebook behind the bar and so they always write them down when one goes over really well and you know as a staff we will kind of all kind of dink and dunk over it and be like oh this is oh it needs something here or it's a little too heavy here or whatever it is and so there might be some minor tweaks but but a good number of the cocktails now were born as roulettes
1: on your website i saw that you guys had a cocktail playlist Mm -hmm. how did that come to be
0: I used to be behind the bar like five nights a week and I'm really not anymore, but uh, I definitely created plenty that I, it sounds weird, but like a couple of the cocktails that were on earlier menus, like I, I had dreams of, like I kind of like dreamt up or I'd be traveling. I'd go back to Austin to visit buddies and I'd have a crazy cocktail that would inspire like a whole kind of rabbit hole process for me. And I'd be like, okay, I know that I want to use this really cool ingredient during that process i'd often be doing that at home and kids were younger then and they'd go to bed and then i'd kind of go into the the kitchen and treat it as my little like research lab i'd usually put on headphones and i'd be playing music or i'd put on like a really dumb movie or a dumb tv show i'd watch what's always sunny in philadelphia or i'd watch anchorman or just something kind of mindless and silly and familiar to me one of the things that i really enjoyed doing and i still actually have a pretty heavy hand in this is naming the cocktails A lot of times they were things that were either pulled from a lyric of a song or like a line from a movie. Uh, Several years ago, I was going to a bunch of city council meetings and I was hearing so many ridiculous things that I started using. I'd have a notebook with me and I'd be like writing down just like things that I thought were either really cool, really funny or really dumb and be like, okay, well, that's a cocktail. I heard someone at a city council meeting once say, oh, it's all falling apart according to plan. And I was like, well, that is definitely going on the next cocktail menu, going through that process and like utilizing pop culture to derive many of the names of the cocktails. Like three quarters of these songs are named after like songs or lyrics in a song or whatever. I should really start kind of putting on like a playlist. The first iteration of that, I think each cocktail was listed out with all the ingredients. And then at the very bottom, I would just pick like a random line from the song. And I would just type it out below the description of the cocktail. And then on the very last page of the menu, I I had a like a list where it was kind of like, okay, this cocktail corresponds to this song by this artist. I wasn't doing like QR codes or anything. And I wasn't actually developing a Spotify playlist or anything like that. But eventually that evolved into, I think as we were coming out of the pandemic, I was like, I should just put a QR code on here and send them to the playlist. It It's goofy. It's all over the place. I mean, it goes from country to like classic rock to hip hop to industrial German heavy metal. Like, you know, it's all over this like synth pop, Canadian synth pop. It's not very synergistic, but but the fact that it's attached to the cocktail menu, I guess that's the synergy. And so we just thought it would be kind of a fun thing. So we tried it out.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So I guess music does have a big part at Sidecar. So can you tell me more about this recent push to reopen on Sundays? And why include jazz with that?
0: A couple reasons. First, the space feels kind of jazzy down here when the lights are dim and we've got candles up and the brick walls and the bookshelves. It just feels like it's kind of like an old school smoky jazz lounge. So we felt like it was appropriate from an aesthetic standpoint. I don't Feel like there's a ton of jazz in town, like going on. I know that there are some places that do it. The response or whenever I hear people talking about that, they're like, oh my God, it's so awesome. I wish there was more of that. So we just felt like there was a demand. Another really, really big kind of motivating factor is years ago when I was in college in the early 2000s here, this place was a couple different places. It was a place called Fish Daddy's. It was a place called Garoppolo. And then later it was Creekside. And both Garoppolo and Creekside, they used to have in the in the actual bar down here, not the not the den that we're in right now, but in the bar they had it regularly scheduled to have like a little jazz trio or 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 a quad like play down here. And I remember, you know, when I was in college, I'd be like, man, this is like this is like the fancy date night place. Like I can go and try to like impress someone. You know, we can listen to jazz and have a martini or a glass of wine. We call it the den. Some people call it the library, some people call it the dungeon. But it's this really cool exposed brick wall and exposed, you know, beam and post kind of building. We built out a really cool bookshelf and it feels very metropolitan to me, you know, like something you'd find in a city. You go down into a basement. So we serve dumplings and we do kind of like an industry jazz night. So there's this jazz trio that's been coming in, trio forte. They're awesome. They're really, really cool guys, and they're really talented musicians, and they set up down here, and they just rip off some jazz for about four hours we whistling cocktails, dumplings, and jazz.
1: This is Jazz Trio Forte, made up of Jacob, James, and Aaron. After playing at Sidecar consistently for over three months now, the group had great things to say about the gig, and in particular, the space. How does this Sidecar gig compare to experiences you've had performing at other slow bars or restaurants? What has that experience been like in San Luis Obispo?
2: This one seems more music-focused. A lot of the
3: gigs, jazz or even like singer-songwriter gigs, are kind of like background gigs we've all played a fair number of, of those kind of things especially like wineries and bars and stuff like that or even restaurants but this with the lounge area downstairs it seems like it's it's a little bit more of like oh this is this is a an event this is like a thing that happens like people can chat you know people can hang out but there's also like the music's front and center i mean sidecar the brand sidecar has been around the slow area for a, a number of years maybe about 5 Years ago-ish. They they had a location near like Big Sky Cafe. I remember playing there even years ago and doing brunch on a Sundays. And that was wonderful. And it felt kind of very like wholesome and sort of connected to the community. As kind of Aaron was saying, sometimes show up to certain venues or even private events. And it's definitely a, a background-y kind of vibe. So there's been a Plethora of musicians that have like sort of established that basement scene as like a hip environment to meet people and bring sort of a good energy and just like musicality, not just for the locals but also for for those coming in who are from out of town and also students. And so yeah, I think that's what's different is is you know the music aspect plus the excellent customer service and just friendly hospitality and. Obviously the owner is super involved with the local community as well. It's
2: just a nice inviting space for all the above. It feels very cliche, almost like New York, where like you're walking down the street and there's just like a staircase that goes downstairs and then you have jazz at the bottom of the staircase. Like it's, it, it feels perfect in a lot of ways. The fact that it's downstairs has this like mysterious element where people are walking by and they hear the music. There's something slightly like edgy about having music like underground versus like above ground and like a very prominent space. And so it lends itself to this kind of like private, maybe more, not exactly exclusive because anyone can walk in really, but like the fact that you have it in this isolated place means that you can very much create whatever vibe you want. And I think that that once again, just gives us, gives Sidecar more freedom to do with it what they will.
1: Since I sat down with Josh and Trio Forte, jazz nights at Sidecar have moved to Wednesday night. But the goal and atmosphere of the event has not changed.
0: The world is a pretty dark place right now. There's a lot of strife and a lot of anxiety and war and all the stuff and the economy and blah. We really want to be a place where people can go and relax and kind of detach from some of the harsher realities that are going on right now. We don't want to be... You know advocate for you know putting your head in the sand or being completely unaware of what's going on or not being affected by it but we do feel like everyone needs a reaper even people need a place to come and commune with one another i think if we were just here slinging poison every night and we didn't have a strong connection to the community i i wouldn't i wouldn't feel anything for it part of our reason for existing here has always been to serve the community and to connect with the people that come in here and to be contributing members of our community but The importance of doing that now is even greater.
1: To learn more about future Sidecar Adventures, check them out on Instagram at SidecarSlow or on their website at SidecarCocktail.Company. Thank you again for tuning in and learning more about the Sidecar Cocktail Company with me. That is all for this episode of the Consumed Podcast. I'm Sophia Patterson.